All right. All right, beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I am your host, Caleb Nelson, and I have the distinct pleasure of bringing on my friend, Mr. Patrick Regan. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, uh, uh, very thank you for uh, having me. Look, uh, I've been looking forward to this since we uh, talked about uh, setting this up a couple of weeks ago. We had an awesome coffee date to like reconnect. We, I just, you know, before we hopped on this, we're both talking. I feel like I'm on just a big old reconnection tour. And you were one of those people that I was like, I have got to talk to Pat and I got to see what's going on. And just two hours evaporated out of nowhere. I don't even oh. know what happened on a Saturday morning. I was like, Oh, well, I got to, I got to get back. And I got, I had to, I think actually I had to come back and have the, the podcast with Roger, ironically enough. So I'm, I'm, uh, I've been excited to do this um, for these couple of weeks. Um, before we even get going, like I wanted to make, I like to do this with everybody. Like you have been really like, an awesome person as I've watched from a distance, you know, Facebook is this amazing thing that you can still kind of keep track a little bit of what's going on in people's worlds. But even when, you know, I started my career at Albany. You were there, and just like some of the times when we were working, like events and other things like that, you were just always one of those super upbeat, super positive, always like in a place to give more, and always wanting to like be curious and learn more. And you know, our conversation a couple of weeks ago only further reinforced my my uh, perception of this. And I just got to tell you, like at this place in my life, like I I, I sincerely just enjoy people like that who just are uplifting. They're just looking to just give more support the cause. You just always seem to be this guy of service who just really wants to do something meaningful. And um, I've come to really, really appreciate that in my life. So thank you for that. And thank you for being that in my life as one of the, the awesome contributors to that kind of that notion of just putting good out in the world. Well, uh, thank you. I, I think um, I, so, so those that, that, that know me also know that besides the, the the very very nice things that you said, Caleb. There's a, I I also have a, a a very thick vein of sarcasm that that is built into my character, which comes out at times. So a lot of it a lot of it depends on the audience, but uh, I I think one of the things that um, always stuck with me is, is I've been very fortunate over the course of my life to be involved in several really fantastic communities. And as, as we all know, in, in every community, there's the people that, that, that make the engine run. And I, I, think, I, I think I recognize when I'm in a situation where it's like, yeah, this is something I want to make sure other people have the opportunity to experience. Mm -hmm. So if it means doing a little bit of extra work behind the scenes or, or helping to make something happen, uh, I have no problem with that because I, I know how much I get out of, of like for what we were talking about, the, the, the Albany CrossFit community. Um, I, I want to make sure that that's available for the next person down the line. Mm. Um, and, and so that when it comes to like uh, volunteering for events or helping to put things on or doing the work that, that needs to be done to prep, I have no problem with that. I, I would rather be there for that part, almost sometimes more than the event itself. <laughs> <laughs> People, well, that's funny you bring that up because there's been times in my entrepreneurial journey 
where you know you're kind of amidst the grit the gritty kind of the not glamorous stuff you know the late nights and the just the uncomfortable days and then you look back on them and you're like those were the moments man like that was that was almost like the cool stuff in the show and like the bright lights and all the fun stuff whenever stuff happens those are cool but there's something about that shared space when you're there with the people who were there during like the difficult stuff, the stuff that put the thing together, the people that set the stage for whatever, whatever that the, the bright, shiny outcome outcome was going to be. And, you know, you really brought in a lot of words that started coming to mind for me is when you start talking that way for the next generation, it's really reflecting on like legacy. What's the, what's the space you leave behind. And I think that's, yeah. Not a lot of people think about that, at least early on. And then eventually you start to be like, oh, no, I want to I want to make a real difference. Um, so I've appreciated that. And uh, I, I know go ahead. for me, it, it goes back to I, I think we talked a lot about family and friends. And um, I, I grew up in a, a, a large, well, a small Irish Catholic family of nine. Um, and, and, a couple of people. <laughs> And we'd, we were, oh, it was always a struggle month after month, year after year. And if it wasn't for the support of the, the church and the school communities that we're involved in, I, there, there were holidays that wouldn't have happened. There, there was uh, uh, things at school that weren't going to happen. And there's no way to go backwards and thank those people. I, I mean, mainly because I don't know who they were. I just, it was the community. So the only way the only way is to pay it forward is to to do what was done for for our family and to pay it pay it forward it, it's the only way you can kind of put that energy back into the universe that's such an interesting way of looking at it and you know and you have to i think until you're the recipient of that kind of deep love and generosity I mean, I've had some of those experiences in my life and I almost like don't know how to handle like take that, you know, a lot of people like struggle with like getting a compliment where somebody's just like trying to be nice. It's almost like that, but like, especially when it becomes more of a, yeah, once like a more of a profound act, it's very difficult. And you're right. Like usually it's coming at a time in your life when you might be feeling, when you might be resource, you know, dry and you don't have yeah. a lot, you don't have like stuff to give back and, and it might be a long time till you are even a place to where resources like that might even be meaningful enough. I've come to, to learn and probably you're echoing a lot of this is like the pleasure is and the thank you is in paying it forward and the people that would have seen you paying it forward like that was gift enough because it's kind of the yeah. legacy believe like they impacted somebody in a way that would make them want to do it again, like, and push yeah. that goodwill down the line. I think it's really beautiful. It really, it's, it's such a, I don't know if it's esoteric or existential kind of concept because you never see the, there's no, like, you never get the tangible feeling of like, I did the good, right thing. It, you maybe, maybe 20 yeah. years later, you get a thank you or something like that. And that might be it, but it's such a, there's a peace and a pleasure. And like, I gave for the sake of giving. And I think that's yeah. really beautiful. Um, before, I mean, you already kind of started giving a context a little bit of where you've been and some of that stuff, but like, who, who is Pat Regan? Who are you? For, so the, the listeners that know, like, cause you know, you better than I know you. So I always like to let people say, who are you? I, ooh, um, 
Oh, that that's a tough damn crap. <laughs> I get the same. I, I start that. Um, that's why I ask it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I'll, I'll I'll work I'll work on kind of I'll start on our connection first. Okay. Um, so so I, I am a coach at Albany CrossFit. I've been also a member there since uh, late 2008. Um, I, I, I part-time coach there um, on uh, a couple of days a week. And I've been doing that, uh, I don't know, since 2011, 2012. Um, in my real job, I work for the uh, teachers union, uh, uh, New York State United Teachers. Um, and outside of that, I've got a, a, a wow, a variety of interests. I, I, I've also done martial arts for 25 years. Um, I, I, I do some acting. Uh, I, I've been in, uh, done some background stuff and some small parts in some independent films and some slightly larger ones. In fact, one of the ones that I did some work on recently is gonna be premiering uh, in March, uh, something called Shoplifters of the World, which was filmed uh, in part in the Capital District. Uh, so look, it's about uh, late 1980s um, movies about uh, a, a group of friends that were big Smiths fans, the mm. band. And it's about the weekend that that band broke up and the effect that that had on this group of kids. And I have a very, well, I don't know. I haven't seen the film myself. So <laughs> for all I know, my part got left on the on the cutting room floor. So um so uh, involved in acting, um, uh, writing also as, as well. Uh, my, my goal is sometime in the next year or two to uh, uh, direct a couple of short films and then eventually uh, filter a feature length film that uh, I wrote a couple of years ago. Um, I paint a little bit. Uh, I, I, I do a little bit of photography, a, a little bit of a lot of things. I love it. Uh, you uh, to say you have a few hobbies is an understatement. <laughs> but you get into it though. Like you don't just like you really do your once like you know when you're talking a lot about your 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 acting, your writing, directing, like the whole thing. Uh, your process in terms of getting involved with it really you take this very well-rounded approach and you like to from what you were sharing with me like where you I feel like you have given yourself in a lot of different scenarios, a very unique opportunity to see things that other people don't because you're willing to look at it from this very immersive. I want to feel it. I want to understand it. I want to see it from the gritty angles. I want to see it from like through the lens, share a little bit about like kind of what took you down that road. Because I, I think the way you approach that a lot of people would find uh, such a, a greater fulfillment in their pursuit of their passions, but also would start to respect like the depth and the art that they might see in other things or like anybody who's exceptional at anything, because I find a lot of people that are great at stuff have this deeper, this deeper, this deeper way of approaching things. And, and, and I, I hear it echoed in, in, in what you've been doing. All right. Um, so I, I, I think deep down I had since a, a child, I've always been kind of, um, enraptured by storytelling uh, uh, it, through all the different uh, 
genres and the, the different mediums. Um, and I have for, for decades, I've scribbled down ideas in notepads, ideas for comic books, for stories, for, for, for movies, for short films, for Dungeons and Dragons adventures. Um, and I, 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 they'd always been, well, one of these days I'm going to work on this. One of these days I'm gonna have the time and uh, a handful of years ago, my best friends, guys I've known for decades, we were, uh, we, uh, one of them had a movie idea and we were, we started putting everything together and we were weeks away from filming, starting to film. And then something happened where the main guy got pulled out and all the plans just disappeared. Um, and I came to the realization that if I really truly wanted to do something in this area, I needed to do it myself. I needed to take the steps and, and we, we talk in athletics about, about uh, um, taking yourself out of your comfort zone. So I, I, I started looking for um, uh, films that needed extras, background people, um, auditions. And I just said like, I'm, I'm just gonna try whatever. The worst thing that happened is I'll be terrible at it. And people say like, yeah, this maybe not for you. Um, <laughs> um, and I had a, very, a couple of very uh, uh, good opportunities early on to do so, some background, some extra work on some films that were in this area or even in New York City. And if, if you've ever seen any behind the scenes stuff in, in movie making, there's a whole lot of standing around for waiting stuff to happen. <laughs> standing around while they're setting up lights or they're setting up this or they're practicing that or they're making sure there's... And so I, I spent a lot of time just watching just really watching, seeing what people were doing, why they were doing this, why they were setting up that. Um, and then some of the, the micro budget independent films that I got involved with. It, I had small parts, but again, there was a lot of stuff to do. So I said, well, all right, well, you need someone to hold, hold this boom or move those lights or lug this box. I'm here. I'll. Sure, not a problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> as might as, well. I, might as well. I mean, someone need, someone needed to do it, and I, I I grew up being a very shy, quiet, in the back corner type of kids, and I think I somewhere along the line said I don't want to be that as an adult. So if someone needs someone to step up, I may hem and haw a little bit, then I'll step up. Or I'll step off right through it if I know, like, all right, it, it doesn't, it doesn't serve us serve any purpose to wait. Just do it. Just take a shot. I, I mean, um, and so I started volunteering for more of the behind the scenes stuff, um, helping to make things happen, knowing that it was going to give me a good uh, uh, an insight into what what the work it takes to make a film or to make. Uh, this happened. And what I, I am in no means an expert at anything, but I know just enough where I think I can get by if someone said, hey, Pat, do blank. Um, and then the more I learned, the more I experienced, the more I said, all right, 
I, I, I've got ideas in my head. I need to start writing. I, mm. I need to start putting something in place that maybe sometime down the line, I might be able to actually make a film. And I'm I, at the, the, the cusp of starting to see some of that take shape. Share, well, I'm great. I'm glad you got to that point with the writing piece because that's one of the things I've really kept track of because you posted, you've done several posts throughout the past couple of years about it. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. There's actually, who does something similar that that's like been pretty noteworthy. I think like Seinfeld does something similar, like don't break the chain or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, you coach, I've coached, like it's, we both understand what that is. And, and, people always need to understand at the end of the day, like it comes down to just doing the habits repeatedly. I think your process around writing for people to like hear what you, like when you told me some of the yield that came from that, like what you've created over this, over the, oh, I don't even want to give like, it's your story to tell, like tell us a little bit, like what happened with writing and how you set about organizing yourself in a way that would allow you to get better at it. Like what the, the approach I find is so important because it, it has, I think it has so much meaning that people could extract from that and apply it to anything they want to get successful at. Like anything, you know, usually you and I typically deal with people who want to yeah. lose weight or be healthy or whatever the thing is. The writing really has stuck out to me and as something I've enjoyed following, um, especially as you're, you're talking more about how, the, what it's created so far. So tell us a little bit about that. All right. So um, this goes, goes back, uh, I, I had already, as I mentioned earlier, I'd already started uh, acting and getting involved in independent films. Um, and then separately, um, I had an injury. Um, I, I, I've had back and neck issues for a while and about uh, it, a little over four years ago, I blew out one of the discs in my neck. Um, seriously to the point where the, the fluid from one disc was leaking down into the space below. I, I, I nerve damage in my arm and numbness and I, I couldn't work, I couldn't work out, I couldn't coach. Um, so I was basically at home lying on my couch, not being able to do anything but watch TV. Uh, uh, fortunately, I was able to have surgery. They put a, a replacement in my neck, but I still had quite a bit of time to recover. And I told myself, I, I, need, I need to have this, um, something good to come out of this other than a fixed neck. Um, uh, Range benefits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so I said, well, what's one thing that I was really, that I really wanted to have happen, but I was having difficulty, difficulty starting. And that was actually sitting down and writing on a consistent basis. Um, so I'd recently, at the time, uh, seen a uh, podcast by uh, uh, CrossFit coach uh, Ben Bergeron, who talked about goal setting and realistic goals. And he had something in there that I kind of adapted and, and tweaked a little bit to fit what I wanted to do. So I, I said, right, this is what I'm going to do. I made up my own one night and I, I went on Amazon or, or was it Best Buy? I can't remember. Amazon or Best Buy or whatever. And I said, I'm buying a laptop. And I had a computer at home, but I'm buying a laptop specifically for 
writing. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to set a daily goal to write. And because I'd already spent a little time thinking about it, um, and I've had experiences in the past of trying to say, all right, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that book or I'm gonna write that blank. And things would work out for a little while and then something would happen. Something would, would get in the way. Um, so the, this idea that, that Ben Bergeron had was about um, small, realistic goals, achievable goals that you can do every single day and then having a system to record it that not only gives you a little checkbox or, or whatever, but also something that you can see as a reminder. So um, I thought about it, I said, all right, or saying I'm gonna write five pages a day. For some people writing five pages a day, piece of cake, zip that off in no time. I knew that wasn't going to be me. So what I said was a more realistic, achievable goal every day was writing for a half hour, not putting any other stipulations other than the time. Doesn't have to be good writing. <laughs> doesn't, it, does, it doesn't have to be a, a specific thing, just a half an hour focused on the writing. If I do a little bit extra, piece of cake, not a problem, but at least that half an hour every day. And then what I did was I got a, um, and I'm, I'm gonna show you in just a minute. I got a refrigerator calendar, a big three by two. And then said like every day that I write, I'm just gonna put a little red circle in a corner of the day with the whole idea that you string as many days in a row as possible without breaking. And if you do break, that's fine, not a problem. You just hop back into the next day, get your half an hour in. So it's something simple. I mean, some of my days I write pages, some of my days, my half an hour spent coming up with two paragraphs that I feel I could show to someone without being laughed at. <laughs> um, and it, it takes <laughs> it takes a little while, but but after a while, those, those half an hours started to add up. And I, I, it became easier and easier every day to find the time. Hmm. And then it eventually became something where I just, I don't have to think about it. I just know, of course, the day I need to get my half an hour in. If, if circumstance means that I write a little in the morning or a little in the afternoon or a little bit here, a little bit there, as long as I get my half an hour in, I go to my calendar, I fill in my red circle, move on to the next day. And so, so uh, let's see if this stretches over. So I, oh, wow. that's, that's, that's this year's calendar. It's going and, strong. And we've started it out so far. We're on day. I haven't written for today yet. So uh, 16 days in today. So we're now at 1,452 days in a row without breaking. That's a lot of days in a row. That's, That's impressive. It is. Um, I, think, I think the anniversary is the 25th 
and that will be four years in our one, 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 two, three, four. No. Yeah. Four, yeah. Five, six, six, yeah. Four, four years in a row with, without breaking. And what that four years has amounted to, um, I've written five full length film scripts, um, uh, completed another seven short film scripts, um, have at least, I think at least four other full length film scripts that are in some, some stage uh, beginning, middle, towards the end, uh, probably another three short films that are in some point, um, and about three dozen or so comic book scripts for five different series. Um, wow. And, and, and what helps, because this is that sometimes, and all writers know this, you hit a block, you hit like, I have no idea where I'm going to go with this. So by having multiple projects that I can work on, if, I've, if I'm really in on something, I can run with it for a while. And if I do end up hitting one of those little dead ends, I jump into another one that I haven't worked on in a little bit. And it kind of helps refresh my mind. And uh, I, I think that's helped me stay on course uh, over this entire time, these, these last X number of years is always having something. And then you never know where the inspiration for a story might come from or an idea. Like I was, uh, a couple months ago, buddies and I were riding, uh, we're driving down on uh, New Scotland Avenue and there was a sign off the side of the road. I, I won't go into it just cause it's still an idea that I'm playing with, but I saw, saw a sign on the road and it was just like, that's kind of odd. And that then prompted a discussion which propelled an idea forward. So um, I, I think the more you kind of get into the pattern of thinking and looking um, and, and watching the world around you, there, there are stories everywhere, everywhere. What I really hear in that is, yeah, I'll just, I'll start from the end right there. What you just addressed is, when you put your your routine practices into play, it allows you to see kind of like, it allows you to actually see the landscape for what it can be. And if you had, didn't have that practice, you know, it might've just been a, another sign. But to you, you were in a place where you've primed and you've refined your, like you've set the table for your body and your mind to be able to be like, that's inspiration. That's something I could write about. That's something I could make something out of. But if you're not in this routine of preparing yourself for success, right? To show up to whatever, name your thing, you're not like you're gonna miss out. And people miss out on yeah. little opportunities that could become something great, but they're just not in the right, they're not in the right place to even receive that type of message that might have been just staring them in the face all along, right? It's like kind of the you know, somebody will get finally get inspiration from walking by the same thing after five years and, you know, something else in their life changed and they'll look at it and they go, oh, that, well, that's, why did I never see that? It's just been there <laughs> staring you in the face, hiding in plain yeah. sight. Um, and I really like the way you did your goal setting too. It's just like, it was about the practice 
and about making it in a way that worked for you, super contextual. Yeah. And on top of that, for a lot of people who get really, so many people get so worried about, is this little action going to really add up? That just showed on top of like, and let's remember you have a full-time job. You're also coaching, you're taking care of other things and you're, and you have these other hobbies that you're like just committing to just that really simple, concise thing has yielded a lot, like, and a lot that could become a lot more in four years. Right. And most people think of like, yeah. when you, when you back out enough, you're like four years, nothing happened. Right. Like, like, Oh, it was just the amount of time I was in college. And most people think college just went by in the blink of the eye because <laughs> it kind of was right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it, you're really bringing to light something that I think people never, they try to make something bigger than it has to be. It's just these small little things that trigger after long enough commitment to it, the most massive change. And you set it up in a way that you were not going to hit this burnout cycle, but you were honest with yourself, right? You said five pages that was not going to be real, but something that yeah. was just, just enough to challenge you, but not enough that you couldn't do it. Right. And yeah. I think I really, I think that's so important. You know, you and I talk with a lot of people in the health field of like, can you get a lot out of just walking 10 minutes a day? Well, it starts with the 10 minutes, but some days you might walk for an hour, you know, and that might be what allows you to keep going, you know, whatever, whatever the entry point is. Well, I think, I, I think so much of it. And I, I was talking to a friend of mine about something completely not athletic or related, but the same thing applies is that so many people will, will talk uh, running. So many, many people think about like, I could never run a marathon because they're thinking of mile 26 and you, you, you don't start the race at mile 26. You started at the first mile and you could, the only way to get to mile 26 is the first mile and then the second and then the third. And if you are so hung up on where I'm going to be or how I'm going to feel or what I think I might feel at mile 26, well, you're in, in many ways, most people get paralyzed by that. That fear or like, I can't hike a mountain. Well, when you're standing at the bottom of the mountain, it's a big ass mountain. <laughs> but, but the only way to accomplish it is small, tiny steps, yeah. bit by bit. As long as you keep that forward momentum going, you'll get there. I mean, it, you don't need to always have a stopwatch on every single thing that you do. You're really looking a lot, especially just the way you've approached a lot of these things. It's about like, I hear you ask yourself from like what they kind of just what I'm picking up. It's like, you really ask yourself, what do you really like? What do you really enjoy? You know, you look at the storytelling, you're like, there's something about it that really speaks to you. And there's a lot of, and I think this is actually part of what stops people from really getting started. People kind of do the crash, whatever, on a few different things. It's like, but they're never really being honest with themselves that they didn't care about it to begin with, right? If you don't, if you really don't care about climbing a mountain, why would you even start trying to climb a mountain, right? <laughs> you know, you really yeah. care, you really cared about becoming a better storyteller. And then when the opportunities of learning how to become a storyteller arose, you just did it right with no expectations of being perfect, right? Whether it was writing or whether it was, you know, these, these, these uh, small time acting things or whatever it was, or just being 
part of the background scenery to understand it because then you really understood how a story was put together. Yeah. And you're right. Like with your, by leading, which I don't think a lot of people do. I think they do it because other people expect them to want to do something. You're leading with a, no, I just really, I really like this. I really want to learn. I want to become, uh, I really want to improve from like a fundamental standpoint. So I'm going to just take the time to do it. And, and you're not caught up on where you're at today. You're just like, this is what I'm doing. And this is this, this discomfort I'm feeling right now. That's part of the journey. And, and it's okay. What am I going to get out of this thing? And I, I just think that that's, if you keep seeing it time and time again for people that are right in this day and age, they want all the success right now but not realizing that multi-million dollar production movie on Netflix or whatever you're watching. And like, that was decades to get to that point of like yeah. everybody else's journey coming together, whether it was the director doing their different projects and all those other things of like doing the stuff you did to put on like that great story to really connect with the audience. And without that time, the true time and attention really seeking to understand the stuff falls flat, you know, as opposed to just like the, the surface level stuff. So I, I really enjoy that process around that, which brought up like, as you started those, some of those things, um, I came, I, I don't remember the full depth of your bicycle story a couple of weeks ago, but you oh. had this quote, you know, with whatever context you can share, I thought yeah. that was really valuable. Uh, could you take me through that again? Because I just remember bicycle story. That's the one thing that keeps coming out in my head. I'm like, it was so good. I wish I had something written down and recorded. It was like, I need this. I need this just for my own looking back on life kind of thing. Yeah. I, I So I, I think what I'm trying to remember exactly. I think I think it was talking about um, a, 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 got a friend who's been going through some stuff um, and, and, and trying to uh, and trying to figure out how to move forward when there's a part of you that wants to just go backwards and uh in these the course of multiple discussions that we have had talking about things um we, we start talking about how the the old thing that that was there is not going to happen anymore so the only way forward or the only way is to go forward. The only, that's the only possibility. And sometimes if, if you, you really commit to that forward movement, you will loop back, but it, it, it's gotta be a forward journey. And we, I use the analogy of a bicycle. Bicycles don't go in reverse. There's no backwards on a bicycle. So the only way really is to to continue forward progress and then you turn around and you return back. Now you're not in the same spot that you were before, it's in a new spot or it's the same spot, but from a different perspective. And that, that, that in, in many ways life is that, that way. You might return back to something that you experienced in the past, but the, I think the way to approach it is always through forward motion and and that, that's kind of where that that bike thing came from is that you just gotta backwards go forward. is not the answer 
I love that because so many people just get stuck looking backwards and then they just kind of like, they just destroy themselves in stagnation and this fear of moving forward. And like, what if the, what ifs, if I, what if I move on? What if I change? What if I improve? What if I grow? What if this is no longer it? Um, not really being open to the journey that might lie ahead. And I think that's, yeah. that's really profound because again, I think we, we attach ourselves to these different moments in our life or different people in our life for whatever reasons, not realize like if you come to a juncture where it doesn't work for you anymore, there's probably a reason and there might need to be some space for like both sides to go a different direction so that you can look at it from a different lens and you need to come at it as a different person, yes. a different perspective. And that's, that's really not easy to overcome. I think that it's that, that and overcoming the inertia piece is so difficult for so many people. Yeah. Um, well, I think it, it, not just the inertia, I think, I mean, we all have our pasts. We've all, the mistakes, the, the things that we think about, the things that sometimes keep you up at night. And your past is either going to be the anchor that weighs you down, or it's going to be the balloon that lifts you up. And it, 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 it depends on how you look at it. Like I, I know there are things that in my, not a, I try not to regret things in my life. There, yes, there are things I could have done better, things that if I had to do again, I, I would do differently. But they are all, all stepping stones to put me here. And if one of those or, or a couple of those stones are gone, I'm in a different place. I'm not the me that I am now. I mean, who knows that, that me might be better, but that's an unknown. I do now, I do know easily how I could be worse than I am. And so by that whole anchor balloon thing always is something that, that sticks in my head. It's also the same analogy I use for muscle ups about your, about your hips. Your, your hips are either the anchor or the balloon. That's pretty solid advice right there, actually. I really like that. Um, that's going in as the quote. That for <laughs> sure, that's coming out. For sure, that's coming out. What have you found? I think we're all inspired by something. What's been like for you the biggest challenge? Like that you, that maybe it's inspired things or it's become the thing that you grew the most from or uh, for you, like a lot on this journey of, and, and that can, you can take that any direction you want to. Um, because you, you have clearly like this unique perspective that I don't find comes from people that haven't overcome some stuff. So. I, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll address it athletically first. So um. So athletically, I, I was not gifted. I, I <laughs> my, my, my I'll mother- spit my tea a, out. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, great. So my mother was a gifted athlete. Um, my, my younger brother is a gifted athlete. I'm not. Any, any athletic 
I won't even use the word prowess, but any athletic accomplishment I might have is all due to hard work and keeping my head in what I'm doing. Um, I, I played basketball early as grade school and it was just terrible, terrible. Uh, I, I knew it, they knew it. Um, <laughs> And there's some there's some long stories about how bad I was and the messages that were sent packaged with that, but we don't have time for those. Oh my um, god! But uh, so I I didn't I didn't really become uh, I'll use the term an athlete until college when I started playing rugby, mm. um, and I was never a star. At most, I was a bit player. And so when it came to then other athletic fields, like martial arts, I think I really, I hit my, my stride with the martial arts because that's a different type of art. It's very internalized and I can work with that. If, if it's trying to make my head, my body, my mind, my spirit work in unison, I, I, that's my sweet spot. Mm. Um, but I think having the years of athletic failure I think gave me a better perspective on then how to talk to others and how to coach mm. because the really good athletes, it's more about focusing them. It's like, you're already going here. Let's, mm, let's just nudge you there. And that will get better for those that are not gifted or just trying to struggling to get by it's guiding them. It's getting them on the path. It's giving them tools that will take them from point A to point B and then eventually to C. I think that's, I think that's where my strength lies. And from multiple injuries over the course of several decades, I have spent a whole lot of time on the sidelines, nursing myself back, which in, could be disheartening, I think sometimes, but it gave me an opportunity to watch and see what, what works for this person, what doesn't work for that person. And it has gifted me with, I think, better eyes. Mm -hmm. And if, if your eyes are functioning, it, it's just a matter of applying them to different concepts, whether at athletics, or something at work or communication or film or acting. I, I think you, you're just taking the skill up, putting it in a different, different machine. Isn't it funny that I try to, I try to lean on that for a lot of people that like, there's a lot of people who are super successful at like one thing in their life hyper-focused can just put their head down and like, I was good at it. So I kept doing it, but you see the other pieces of life kind of maybe get a little rough around the edges, not realizing there's this really valuable core thing that they can do. You just need to take what's at the root of it and drop it in. Yeah. I think what you're saying is, especially because the varieties of different exposures that you've had, not just, it hasn't just been one lane, right? You've seen it yeah. through a lot of things. 
you can speak, you can speak the language in a way that in many, in a way that many others wouldn't um, because you can understand like at work, you've been in that world. You can understand a little bit from the world of film because of some of those things. You can see it from writing. You can see it from coaching. You can see it from athletics. Like I think that's really, really valuable. And not enough people give themselves enough exposure to a few different things to see like, Oh, there's a few core concepts in the world that if we just kind of hold and lean on those, you'll be okay. Like you just need to lean on that. Um, And what I really like in there that you brought up is taking advantage of potentially like completely derailing like moments, right? Injury on the sidelines. Ironically, one of your greatest feats of writing has come from (laughs) a moment of injury. Yeah. Uh, Tell me like, where does that mindset come from? Um, I, I think, I think it's, it was because I've had experiences in the past. So the, the one with my neck, um, was just, was just the, the most recent in a line. So over the, over the course of years, um, and, and I'll use that also to segue into something else. Over the course of the, of the, the years, I mean, I, I, I had I toured uh, uh, ligaments in my knee. I've had really bad sprains on both ankles. I've t- torn both el- elbows. I've torn both rotator cuffs, uh, herniated disc in my low back, her- a bulging disc in my neck, ruptured disc in my neck. Um, <laughs> wow. I- so, so I, I've had multiple times where I have had, I've had to take, and this is spread out over a couple of decades, um, multiple times where I've had to take time out. Um, but for me, it goes, some of that, that, that decision on how to apply it goes back towards something completely unrelated. Um, shortly after I moved to Albany, back in the late eighties, um, I was barely getting by and I, I started doing karate and I really liked it, but I had to take a second job because that was the only way I was going to be able to like pay my rent and have food on the table, car insurance, all of that stuff. But I knew that that would limit me to one class a week Mm. on a Saturday. And those were sometimes canceled due to other stuff that popped up. And I told myself, well, this is an opportunity for you to either quit and never go back or make a deal with yourself. And so I made a deal with myself. I said, like, if I can make it through, cause I had a plan that I was gonna do this two job thing for a year and a half. If you can stay consistent with these Saturday classes, the, the, the once a week, or uh, if you can stay with that during this year and a half, once that year and a half ends, I'm always, I'm gonna go as, as often as I possibly can. Mm. And that was my trade-off. This is, I'm gonna do something that's financially uh, for my betterment at the sacrifice of my physical, spiritual development 
and then I'm going to flip it when that time comes. Wow. And that's, and that's what I did. Um, and it, I mean, it was also a change. My, my father, who I, I love dearly was, um, his thing, if it was, if it was that difficult, you can always quit. Hmm. And, and he didn't say, he didn't mean it as, 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 as a defeatist thing he he didn't want to see people he cared about struggle so he always had that as an option you know you can always drop that and i told myself i that's not what i was going to be that if the if, if i had a choice between an easy easy path and a hard path i'm taking the hard path because mm. i will get more out of it hasn't always been the smart path but <laughs> Well, smart, I guess, is a, and I guess wisdom is, it's relative when the, when the lesson has been finally learned. And, and so, so tying that back in, it, it, that developed a pattern for me of making deals with myself to get through difficult times or, 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 or things that, that put roadblocks in the way, deal with the roadblock, boom, you'll be better off at the end. I love the way you put that. And I love just hearing people say kind of the same thing I hear in another realm, just in their own language. Cause it just clicks a little bit, just clicks so nicely um, in, but it, I'll tie it into to fitness, right. Or strength training, if we want to something called periodization, right. So, you know, well, both of us understand just to give people a concept at home that might not understand what periodization is. It's, Basically, you take a block of time and you say, this is the focus. You know, for me, the, my favorite block of time was always a squat cycle because I like squatting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, mostly because I was good at it. And um, so, you know, you just say, this is the priority. We need to still not like not do the other things, right? You still need to have enough core strength and you still be able to put things overhead, be strong enough in your upper body. Like you can't just let everything you worked on just die off, Right which kind of relates to what you're saying. Like at that moment in your life, you needed money. Like you need to like really put yourself in a better financial position, but you can't lose all that, that discipline and that work, that skill that you take, you'd already taken some time to develop with, with the karate, but you chose like, this is, this is what I could still handle. And I can still do that. You're, you're, you're playing this threshold game, right? So it's called, so I heard it from this other guy. It's called um, the way I like the way you described it. It was uh, maximum recoverable volume, which is basically take that one thing and you're putting as much energy into that to like improve it. But everything else is minimum effective dosage, right? For you as karate once a week, like that's as much as I could handle. Otherwise the, sh- the ships are burning. Like it's not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. And you gave yourself a set time to be like, after this amount of time, I'm going to reassess. Most people think like, Oh, I'm making this decision. And you're, we talk about with your father. It's like, you can always quit. Ian's mom has the same in of um, you can always make another decision. So it kind of plays that same idea, right? It's like, we'll set just a timeline, right? But, so, you know, and you did a great job of committing to a timeline that was going to be meaningful. A year and a half is still a significant amount of time. Most people are like, oh, week, well, depending on the thing, right? Like, yeah, some people don't know if they're going to like, whatever, I don't know, Zumba. And they're like, okay, I got to go try a couple classes, see how it is. Like, maybe I really just don't like it. And that's not going to be their thing, or, you know anything else. I'm talking about anything, but you gave yourself something that you already had made some type of commitment to, and you knew you enjoyed. And you said, I'm going to really make sure I commit to a period of time before I make a new assessment. Yeah. 
And I think that that's so wise. Most people are just like, if this open-ended forever thing that like, oh, I'm taking away the thing I like for this forever. And this is the only way, they, like, no, like your life circumstances might change three months from now, two months from yeah. now, a year from now. Just take a look at it again and say like, is this still the priority? I think the way you, and trade-offs is such a great word. It's such a great word because you're, you're taking a moment to really reflect on, you know, trade-offs really means consequences of certain yeah. decisions, right? And you're assessing, uh, correct me if I'm, I'm missing any boats here. It's like, you're assessing risk of both and you're assessing the value of both and really just taking an honest look at where you are in your life. And if you're where you're going is not working towards what you want long-term, you need to change something and you're doing it and you're proactive about it. I just love the trade. I love the word trade-off because there's something it's like just putting your list of like stuff on paper and you're like, this yep. is, this is the pros and cons list. Let me just choose the one that I think is going to work the best. What's got the most pro pros and best upside. And uh, that still gives you the most. I really, really like it. And I, I think one for one of the things that, I mean, looking back on it now, like when you're, I, I, I was in my, mid twenties at the time and, and in your mid twenties, like a year and a half, that's, that's freaking long. That's forever. That's for like, you could, Oh my God. Now, like a, a year and a half, like I could do that standing on my head, like 18 months, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's funny how the, the, that, that perception of that time frame. Um, it, how that has it's a drastic change, and and the things that I did during that time, that trade off, that that deal I made with myself then, is still paying dividends for me now, mm. even though it's been decades. Like I, I where where I am now, happened because I did that deal then. And I, I mean, from anybody listening or watching this, like pretty happy dude and like positive guy to be around, like by all intents and purposes, you're winning at life. As far as I care, I'm concerned because you just are happy. I think that's the ultimate like win in life. Are you just happy? Well, this is, I was talking again, talking to my buddy the other day. Um, I think about I think about this on a on a regular basis, and I think I got this from my mom, who always had who had the same kind of perspective. Um, so I remember going to job interviews, and the job interviews one of the most commonly asked questions. So, what's your five year plan? What's your ten year plan? And this was my answer. My five-year plan is the exact same as my 10-year plan. And if you want to expand it out to my 25-year plan is I want to be happy because anything, anything can fit into that. Work, relationships, athletics, hobbies, anything. Plan to be happy and everything else is kind of malleable. And wow. you can work with that. I, I think more people like need to hear that than anything else because most people are just it, miserable. Happy, happiness is a choice. It really, truly, I mean, yes, there's, there's 
I, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there, there, there is the, the chemistry that goes on in your brain, that type of, yes, there are decisions. But in general, I think that it's a decision to be or to pursue happiness. And if you can understand that, I think it makes a world's difference. I mean, not to, hey, there are times I'm like, mother, <laughs> but in general, the happiness is the thing that wins. Well, it's that Lenin quote where he's like, when I was in school, teachers asked me, what do you want to be when you're older? I want to be happy. And the teacher says, I don't think you understand the question. He's like, I don't think you understand the meaning of life. I was like, yeah. that's that, that echoes that same vein, you know? And this is, this is not one of those things where people, I think a lot of people start hearing that kind of stuff. And then it's like their mail-in excuse to be like, oh, I'm not going to put in the work. It's like, that's, that's actually, usually when you're going in the true pursuit of happiness, it's tough. It's difficult. Like you kind of said, like there's times like, ah, but you're going after the thing that matters. And like, it's, you start to like appreciate uh, the challenges that come with the pursuit because you understand it's just, it's just, you're like on that path. And like, part of that gives you this fulfillment, this enjoyment, and it's like small intrinsic wins in that direction. I, 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 can't, I, think, I can't believe you really answered that that way to your, to your, that is bold. And I love everything about it. If there's somebody, if one person goes and answers yeah. a job interview that way, <laughs> this podcast is well worth this one. This is <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it was the, so that my, the other best answer I ever had in a job interview, which got me the job that I currently am in, uh, I, I was moving from one labor organization to another labor organization. And the, the director of finance asked me, well, why do you want to go from here? That's a pretty good place. I said, yeah, it's a great place. But when you get an opportunity to be called up to the majors, you don't say no. I did not know he was also a baseball fan, but that <laughs> one, like with, I hit that one out of the park. So right place right time man i love that yes, yes. Um, um, go ahead all right no go ahead because i can't remember what i was going to say um i'm really interested about what you're looking to do with like your art with your with your director like what is it's kind of like what's the inspiration of the story what are you what are you hoping and you brought up legacy earlier what are you hoping to share through through what you've seen so far and what you are capable of sharing? You know, you have you have stuff written. I don't know how much you're gonna keep stuff under wraps and all that. That's fine. But like what is you what do you hope to come of that? Um so so I I think that for the the like I'll talk about the the full length uh screenplays that I've written and the plans that I have for those. So um the, the main one that I, I, I've already posted stuff to Facebook on and, and I've already started uh, developing, uh, like getting some of my actor friends to be involved in it and some behind the scenes stuff um, is a, it's a time travel story. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for time. I'm not big on science fiction, but I'm a sucker for a good time travel story. And this one in particular is a story about a group of friends 
um, that that somehow uh, uh, come into possession of a time machine. And it's not a, we're gonna go back in time to kill Hitler or, or, or save Kennedy or kill Kennedy and save Hitler. We're, it, it's a real simple um, looking into an opportunity to go back in time to change the, the events of one particular day that affected this circle of friends profoundly. Um, so all of my stories, looking back at them from a 10,000 foot is, um, it's about relationships mm -hmm. and connections. Um, because I, tr I, I, I truly feel that that is the key to, to any relationship, whether it's work relationship, a coaching relationship, family relationships, relationship relationships, it's communication. If I can connect with you, we're good. Because that, that connection then, uh, it leads to empathy and understanding and, 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 and putting yourself in other people's places. So you can, you can figure out why they did X instead of Y. And I think that's so much of what we're missing today is that ability to put yourself in other people's shoes. Wow. Especially when you're just talking about like almost like the six degrees of separation kind of thing, like this person connected to this person piece earlier. Oh, yeah, even, yeah. even but also even just like you shared in your own story, you're like, you look back at you're looking back at these difficult experiences you went through and you even said like you try not to live with regret but all those experiences is what made you and who are the people that kind of came into your life that contributed to that story like so one other so i, I mentioned i i try not to live with regret on things but there are occasionally things and the 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 one big regret that I can point to in my life, and it's, it, 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 I mean, it's not a huge monstrous story, but it's, it's simple and it kind of hits me. So um, uh, it, it's connected to high school. In high school, I was ridiculously quiet. I was so quiet, I was too quiet and couldn't get voted most quiet in class. Like I was, I, I, so, but in, 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 in high school, in high school, the, the, I, I'm not sure, dweeb wasn't a word yet, nerd wasn't a word yet. I, I, I was a body in a seat, but there, there was a, a girl that, oh, because alphabetically was always nearby this, this, this uh, girl, Diane Pillsbury. Who had a monster crush on, monster crush on. She was, of course, like captain of the cheerleaders, who was going out with the captain of the football team, and blah blah blah. So uh, I think it was like the five or ten year high school reunion, and we're at some restaurant, someplace, and everyone's just hanging around, chit chatting, and talking. And I'm a much different person then than I was in high school. And Diane comes over and we're chit-chatting and the circle eventually breaks apart and I'm standing there with her next to me. 
And I have this feeling that like something isn't quite like, I don't know, that, that, that she was unhappy or something was going on in her life and she just wanted to talk. Hmm. And I didn't talk. Wow. And I regret that to this day. Whether, whether it was just a thing or a feeling, whatever, just that there was a moment that I think she, or the feeling that, she, that something was there, I, I could have been way off. I, like she, if she saw this, which I, I, I who knows, if she did, she might be like, what an idiot, what a moron, what the hell is he talking about? But it just seemed like that. And I regret taking that chance and saying like, so opening that door bothers me. That's, that was one of the few real regrets that I have in my life. Mm. And it would, and that's part of what, what the bit that I said a little while ago about communication and connection, that's always somewhere in the back of my mind that you never know when someone else might need to, to talk or might have some an issue or might have something going on in their life. And we should try and be there and be open to those situations that others might be going through. That's so powerful. I think, you know, there's a, I think I told you if you, when we were chatting, but there's also, I did in a couple, I've talked about a couple of times, a few other podcasts, one of my sixth grade teachers. I don't know if he ever knows this. If he's watched it, I friended on Facebook, not maybe two, three weeks ago. And it was the nature of like my favorite question to ask, or well, the question I started this one off with was like, who are you? You know, dropping that bomb in the <laughs> middle of my brain in middle school, I think it was English class, if I remember correctly, has so profoundly affected my life. Just a question, right? Just yeah. like you said, we're so stuck in this world thinking we have to do something as opposed to, or say something, it's more like we need to ask something. And most people just need the opening to be heard. And I think that, and what's interesting, and I wonder if this fuels some of your things of like how you're so helpful with in so many ways. It's like, you don't want to be the one who didn't step up to help, even if it was just a small yeah. thing, because you never know what that small contribution could be in the future. Like it might, it might've changed somebody's life. It might've been it might've been what kept the rails on for somebody at that, at that juncture. Yeah. You just really don't know. And, nope. oh man, that's like a little, as I got like those unique little legacy things. And it's, you know, again, I kind of want a reason why I really enjoy your company. Like you're always positive. I've, I have yet to be around you when you're like super down in the dumps. Like even when, well, even when you've had injuries, cause I've been around when you had, you had some of the back stuff, when things would act up and all that. It's like, you're just never down in the dumps. Like, you're like, yeah, this sucks. Like, I'm not happy about it, but you're not even down in the dumps. And like, it never, like it's uplifting. You bring like your best of you. And I think so many people don't realize like that. When you approach, I feel like if you approach life that way, you open yourself to so much more and you help people so much more because you're like, you're, you're still giving what you can. And I, I see your, I see your, your, your writing practice as a, as a kind of like a really massive uh, reflection of that, right? I'm going to look at a challenging place in my life and I'm going to make the, I'm going to make it as positive as possible. And here we go. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity that's been posed to me. You know, you're writing now. I mean, I'm excited for you to like put one of these, these stories out there, especially the time travel, yeah. because it, it is, 
what were we talking about the other day? Like you don't understand things until you look back on them in a, in a way that's like, Oh, like this kind of seems like it all just made sense anyway. When it's, when you look at it back yeah. in reverse, you're like, well, no duh, this was bound to happen, but we don't look at that when it's happening. Yeah. That's strange. I, think, I, I know I, I, I credited my mom earlier. Uh, um, I will credit her again on that attitude mm. that, She, my mother had been through so many different things over the course of her life. And uh, she, she got hit by a bus when she was young because uh, she was starting to lose her hearing. And, and I mean, we joke about it in the family. Well, she was, after she got hit by the bus, they asked her, well, why, why didn't you get out of the way? She goes like, I didn't hear it. She didn't hear the bus coming and that like that, uh, she had uh, some heart issues. She, um, a family history. Um, she ended up developing uh, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Wow. She had seven kids with a with a family that that couldn't stay out of debt and constant struggles, and it never affected her mood. Wow. Never. And she was, she would, she, she did like an after school program for kids. I mean, she raised seven kids. They were out of the house. She goes back to school and like does a, an after school program for kids and just she constantly giving constantly a, a positive, constantly looking at the bright side on things. And in our family, you, that, that carried through all seven of us. It, it was, uh, it was all how you looked at it, how you carried it. Um, I'm not a religious person, but my mom very much was, and she very much believed the idea that that God doesn't put anything on your shoulders that he doesn't, or she doesn't think that you can't carry. Mm. And while, like I said, I'm not a religious person, um, spiritually, yes, um, but I kind of, I kind of think along that same line. And it's kind of like the trials that we're given kind of helps us realize that, that we have yes. that type of strength. Again, lending itself so that you're not going to understand until you get to the other side. It's like yeah. you have to, you have to go through the trials to, to really grasp it and appreciate it. It's so powerful. Um, what has, so, I mean, thinking about challenging times, I guess, in the world in general, you know, we're, we're still amidst a pandemic and everything else. And I'm, yeah. you, I know you've navigated along with the, the, everybody else at the gym, seeing all those things. I mean, it's, it's a, it's throwing some strange wrenches in, in people and <laughs> into people's worlds, you know, and the irony is like a year went by like that. Like that's yeah. kind of what it has been. And yeah, alluding to what we were talking about earlier, a year and a half, what's that, you know, it, it, I had to, it's crazy. Yeah. What has been, what has it been like for you help because you're, you're definitely, you know, you help and you guide a lot of people. What has it been like for you guiding other people through whatever this transition in the world is? Um, I, I, I think what, what, what it, it's been difficult in that, um, we spent, I, what, I don't know, the, the, the first, I, I know for me, it was the first, what is it, four or five months 
everything was remote. Work was remote. Class was through Zoom, which, which never fit into my schedule. So I was just training at home on my own, trying to modify or adjust or scale workouts or sometimes even just programming for myself. Um, I got, I think like everyone, you get into patterns, you get into rituals and systems. Like I, I had, I had, I, I alternated, I had A and B days that over the course of the day, I had to do like these, like 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups, 50 lunges, 50 thing. And the B day was this, 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 that. And that helped me get through those first couple of months. Um, uh, around summer, we started doing outside classes uh, on a very, very limited basis. And those were, those, those helped me get through the, the summer and into the fall because the part that I really missed was the interaction with people. Not, not that I'd spend forever chit-chatting with people in the hallway, but just the, the, the camaraderie of sweating through something together or accomplishing this task at work where you're side by side with someone or six foot away from someone. Um, it, it really made me realize how much more we are dependent upon others to get through tough times. Um, the, while this can work to some degree, it's it's not the same. It's I mean it's it, whether it's whether it's the, the pheromones of smelling other people or, or the idea that you're with other people and you get that that the 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 the, the energy the the spark the uh, I, I think what helped me is knowing that that this isn't going to last forever. We we just we need to be patient. We need to do what we all need to do to help every one of us get through this. If it, we don't don't wanna bog down into politics, but just doing what needs to be done to get us all through it. Yeah. And it it, it comes into the what, if you wanna go, was it, if you wanna go far, go alone, no. Flip it, yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, I I always always mess that one up. If you wanna, if you wanna go, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think what we're talking about is something that's, that we want to go to. We need to go together. Mm-hmm. So we have to just have to be patient. We have to do what we need to do. We have to be, be smart. We have to be diligent. Um, sometimes it's a little bit harder choice than others, but that's, that's how we all get to the end of it. Yeah. It's hard, especially for those, you know, again, you're, you're in a leadership role in, in a lot of the places in your, in your world. And I think that that's, uh, I think that that wisdom right there of like kind of just knowing patience is a big thing. I mean, you've seen some stuff clearly, obviously, because it does not, you know, as much as things are frustrating, yeah. like it doesn't, it doesn't like razzle you. It doesn't just like knock you down and just get you to not do anything. No. What did you see in terms of when you were watching people, people who kind of, you, what was the common vein for those who seemed to find success through some of this transition and 
those who really struggled to like adapt to it? What is there any like common themes that you're seeing there? Um, uh, these are a little bit of. I think I think the people that were. I think the people that that understood that this is a group effort, whether whether because they played team sports or part of group projects in the past, or were just outgoing connection people. I think, at least from what I saw, those are the people that have handled these things better. Mm. I think, at least, what I have seen is those people that are kind of lone wolves seem to have had a, a little bit more difficult time. Hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, yes, we're, we're, we're born, well, unless you're a twin, triplet, quadruplet, whatever. I mean, we're generally born uh, alone. Um, well, I mean, yes, there's the mom there and the other, but I mean, <laughs> And then we're going to be leaving. <laughs> um, but in, be in between those, those bookends, we have, to, we have to make connections. We have to work with other people. There, there's a gazillion, no man is an island. The whole analogies we used before, it's the only way. It, it truly is the only way to, to make it through. And I think those people that, at least that I've seen that have, a better grasp of that concept, I, I think, have done a little bit better, at least in the, the worlds that I get to watch on a regular basis. Well, what do you think comes from that? Is, do you see them there doing more reach outs? They're finding ways to be malleable with, like, what was, what, where does that, where does that typically go? Yeah, I, I think, I, I think that. That that malleable word is one of my favorite words. Um, uh, I, I I think that those people that are flexible and um, are, are 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 able to kind of take the waves that come in and bend into them. Uh, It doesn't matter what the wave is, are, are able to kind of work with the energy, um, whether it's a mindset or, I mean, some people like just fall into it. That's that's kind of their default um, <laughs> default system. I, yeah. it's, uh, I definitely think a lot of people who've been exposed to having to lead people for a while under like definitely got that and understood that and i mean which if you had to lead people this whole relationship things communication like you understand that like that's that that's at the that's at the core of it like if you don't know how to connect it's definitely it's definitely interesting um so a good question for you then you know as we're looking forward and we're what part are we we're actually Wow, we're kind of full into January at this point. Yeah. Where did the time go? Um, oh my God. <laughs> it turned 2021 fast. It's going to be yes. 2022 yeah. fast. As much as we don't want to admit that, it's yeah. going to be yeah. quick. 
you know, everybody does their New Year's, whatever, and all this other stuff. Like, what do you have? You know, there's, I think there's a lot of people right now in their world because of last year, because of 2020, took a long, hard look at themselves, forced or not forced. It might have been they decided they were going to actually take advantage of that opportunity or not. But I think people looked at this year and like, man, I got to make a change somehow. What advice would you have for anybody looking to make some change now? Like meaningful change in their life. Um, I, I, I think it boils down to you, you, you have to, you have to take the time and ask yourself, what do you really want? Whether it's relationship, work, fitness, whatever, I think you really have to ask that question again and again. What do you really want? And, and drill that down as finely as you can. I, I think one of the things that I know we talked about at Albany CrossFit decades ago was what is your why? What, why are you doing this? Why did you do that? Why did you make that choice? What is the, the, the core driving piece? And if you, you understand yourself and what drives you, what your why is, or the reason why you do this instead of that, I think that makes it simpler, both in making a decision and then following up on it if you truly know that the reason why I'm doing this is because I want that. And I know, yes, this, this, this is the goal I'm shooting for. It makes it easier to take those small, tiny steps in that direction. If you don't know what, what your why is or what you're driving for, how, how do you know the steps are gonna take you there? Now, I, I, there's a, I think there's a George Harrison song, uh, and it's a, I think he took it from something else. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Well, that, that's good. I like that. But at some point in time, you do have to make a decision. Where am I going? And then that's where you focus that, 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 that direction. And I think asking yourself the whys and the whats, I, I think, are key. And that will also help you get through the hard times when, whether it's, it's a relationship, well, what do I really want? Why do I really want it? And if you can answer those questions to yourself honestly, sometimes the decisions become pretty clear. Any inclination as to why people don't ask themselves that question? I, I did. Well, I think there's two. One is because sometimes you're afraid of the answer. Ooh. I. I. I mean, I. I'll, I'll go back to my writing. I, I had these ideas that I had and it's like, I wasn't going anywhere. And I had to ask myself, well, why isn't it going anywhere? And the answer was because I was too goddamn lazy at the time to do the work. That's what it was. I was, sit, I was sitting, waiting for something to happen. I needed to do something myself. Real simple. 
once I realized that it was my own laziness that was getting in the way, well, all right, well, the, the, the first step I take in that direction, first step's always the hardest. Yeah. That first step makes the second step a little easier. And then the step after that, even easier. And then, it's, all right, so I said there was two answers. One was- You the, did. <laughs> so, 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 now I gotta remember what the other answer, um, uh, being honest with themselves, um, damn it. Um, well, they're scared of the answer. There's gotta be something else. Scared, scared of the answer, or, or they're not really truly uh, sure of, of what the question is. Mm. Is it a why? Is it a how? Is it a who? Is it a what? Um, is it a, isn't it an outside thing that I'm questioning? Isn't it an inside thing I'm questioning? Is it, is it, it, it say work? Is it, is success at work not happening because of me? or because I'm not in the right job or in the right location or in the right, or I don't have the right skill set. Um, and if you want to flip those, you got to ask the right question first, and then you got to not be afraid of the answer. So it still comes after this, almost like this fear of change thing or fear of awareness even. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, that's the first time I was ever answered that question, that second piece. I haven't, I've heard the, obviously a lot of the beginning piece. Yeah. But that's a really, you know, kind of what a fear of the what, you know, like the, what, what am I changing? Like, where do I start with what I change? Well, I think, that, I, I think that I, I see it every once in a while, but I can never remember. I think it's Alfred Einstein uh, was posed something. Um, if he had like an hour and a half uh, I'm going to butcher this, but the, the point is if you had an hour and a half to uh, uh, stop the end of the world, what would you do? And Einstein's, uh, Einstein's answer was basically I'd spend the first like hour and 10 minutes trying to figure out what the right question to ask is. And then I would spend the rest of the time answering it. Wow. And like I said, I butchered that, but you get the point. Well, the point, I feel like, I feel like what that really alludes to, and correct me if I'm going in a different direction, is it's the preparation. Like yeah. you, you need to spend more time with the thing at the beginning because most people just want to, they just want the result, right? And they just go off chaotically. But if you just spend a little more time, right? It's like somebody, like, I want to go win the championship. Well, I started practicing three days beforehand. Well, yeah. that's not going to work out. Like, yeah, you probably well, should. Have... Go ahead. Yeah, it goes back. It's the, the marathon analogy we used earlier, or the mountain, or it's, it, it all starts with the first step. And I think what you're really bringing about there is that if you get, square on what like that it ma what it matters like why it matters you'll make the most appropriate first step there's still gonna be you're still gonna mess up something like yes yeah. you're human and it's okay but if 
you were smart enough to take a little bit of time to really ask yourself, does this really matter to me? I'm going to do it the right way. And the right way would be, I'm going to develop some skill, some expertise, some understanding, and that's a process. What's and, a small step I could start taking? And, and a lot of it is, is, is also not being afraid to make a mistake. Like, like one of the things through martial arts that, that we learned that like uh, Japanese artists in, in many ways um, build a flaw into their artwork. Because the whole idea is since we are human, we cannot be perfect. Mm. So by building a flaw into my piece, I've already made the mistake. So then I am free then to do the best that I can without being fearful of messing up. Wow. It almost tells you to just mess up, not mess up. You know, I think I have a lot of things I relate back to like the health transformation kind of stuff, you know, early on, if you learn how to navigate having a candy bar, right? Yeah. It's not the last time you're ever going to have a candy bar. No. Well, wouldn't <laughs> it's like, you wouldn't you like to learn how to deal with having a candy bar a weekend and like not completely blow your schedule up and your life up. Yeah. Right. Like, wouldn't you like to know how to deal with that sooner rather than later so that you have the confidence to just go forward? Like, Oh, I can handle that. No big deal. Yeah. I, I like that kind of, it, it's kind of parallels a little bit what we're talking about there. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I only have one final question for you, my friend. And we've been, has been a nice little hour and a half so far together. And like I said, I just love discussion with you. We've, you kind of covered, you it's, this has been a, a just, I've always just admired you, my friend. And you've given me some great answers. And you know, a couple of things we've already, we've talked about today, we touched on a couple of weeks ago, but like just hearing yeah. it sometimes again, and just slight, like a, just a slightly different shade, you yeah. get so much value out of it. Actually, I'm on a kick right now. Kick, let me change that. I just started this idea, which is not my idea, but like, I'm never a big fan of like rereading stuff. I don't know why. I also don't particularly like to rewatch movies. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm deciding right now I should probably go back and do it because the book or the movie is not different, but I am different. So like yes. the way I'm going to see that is going to be different. So I started reading on my drive downstate was, uh, and I recommend anybody who's listening, it's um, David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Really good. And that's a great way of looking at almost seeing adversity as actually being your advantage, not being a weakness. Yeah. So for anybody listening, phenomenal book. Um, I don't like, know. I, like I need another book to add to my pile <laughs> of books that I'm already reading. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Oh, dang. <laughs> well, for me, that's why I have to go audiobook because I can, for what, I don't know why I always have them, but like, I'll just, I'll just tune in at just the right time. It always seems like, and there's like, there'll be that little nugget of wisdom that'll just yeah. drop out of the ether. And I'm like, oh, I tuned in and then I go back to my thoughts. Like, but it's just there. And like, I'm constantly absorbing, absorbing like yeah. this reflection from, from outside. That's why I love uh, audiobooks because it really just hits. Um, but I think it's the same thing. So Ian was once like, he's the one who told me, I was like, Hey, you should if, like think about the books that have stood the test of time. 
there's so many books that are written that basically are saying the same thing. And it's not, not valuable to go listen yeah. to those, but there's probably a reason why they're either being copied and shaded in their own direction, or there's probably a reason why they're just still on the best seller list yeah. 30, 30, 40, 50, 60 years running. Yeah. There might be a little bit in there. Why don't you just go read that again and see what it's all about? So I'm on an interesting kick there. So much of like our conversation, the, the, that bicycle story that really just like resonated with me, like you got to still move forward. You just have to, Yeah, you might come back to this. And I, you know, I was alluding when you brought that up, we're talking about Jay and I not talking to each other for seven years, but we're back to being friends, but a different perspective. We had to go yeah. away. We had to change to be able to still be friends. Exactly. You get it. The circle of life. <laughs> so this all leads me to, and you started bringing it up and perhaps it kind of just was uh, foreshadowing. Nice little movie term there. Um, my favorite question to ask people is, what is your purpose? And I think that what's your why is not too there far afterwards. So my dear friend, what is your purpose? Wow, you started this with a really, really difficult question, and this finishes with a oh, even worse one. Jesus Christ! It's a little mic drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one feels like you clubbed me with the mic. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, you cracked me up. I, I've ooh, what is that purpose? And, and, and I think this is, this, is a, this is a key thing to anyone in any particular point of leadership. The ability to say, I don't know. Oh. I, 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 I mean, I could, I could, <laughs> I could bloviate about, about some grand thing. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, I don't think I can answer that question till I'm on my way out the door. Um, um, I, maybe, so one of my pet peeves is it really bothers me to be misunderstood. Whether it's in explaining something or trying to lead people to get to a certain point. Um, Maybe part of my purpose is to help better understanding of people and things and why we do things. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Can I answer that question or can someone else answer the question? Because I, I think while I can be as, interest, as introspective as the next person, that, as you can see, this is why my favorite question. It, without a doubt, between those two, the two bookends, I get almost the similar response every time. <laughs> of like, really, you're coming at me with this? You know? Yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll lean into this. I really appreciate what you said about the statement of the I don't know. And there's such humility in that. And we live in a world of so many people, and don't get me wrong, I've been this guy plenty of times, 
standing on the soapbox telling you, ah, this is how we should, like, this is the way to be and the only way, right? We're all trying to figure it out. That's what I've yeah. come to learn. Like, there's very little we know. And I like what you said afterwards. I'm just trying to understand because to understand opens your mind to this curiosity and it also opens you to asking questions. And yeah. part, of, part of the reason why I asked that question is like, for me, and that's why I really enjoy like our relationship is that you appreciate that without the relationship, without the connection, whatever purpose we decide, we can't even get it done, right? Like yeah. we can't move that needle forward towards wherever that's going. And if I don't ask it, at least I don't even have context of where, like, what could I do to support you in that direction? And I think that's just so, I, yeah, I, I like the, the answer of, I don't know. Like, the best part is there's no right or wrong answer. And, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, so, so I think um, one of the things that I always connect to a, a similar type of question is um, knowledge and understanding and reading and experiencing, I think is the key to get through to, anything and it, there is no one there is I, I don't think one key answer one key piece because what works for me might not work for you or Lexi or, or Jason or whoever um, there, there's a again I can't remember who who said it but it's a quote that sticks with me is the uh, the the person who thinks all of life's answers, can be found in one book, hasn't read enough books. That is really good. That is um, really good. I'm gonna have to go search that one. Yeah, I, my, I, mm, it might be I, in that stack of books you got. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what is it? One of the things that I do is that when I find quotes or, or statements or lines in, in books that I read, I, I'm more of a, give me a hard copy book. Mm. Um, and I see a line or something, I write it on a, on a sticky note and I stick it on the wall in my office. And one wall in my office is just filled with little yellow sticky notes from different books, different sayings, different uh, words of, or, or, or lines of inspiration um, from a variety of sources, biographies, history, um, Discworld by Terry Pratchett, like fiction, nonfiction, it, it's all over the place because you can find inspiration from everywhere if you're open. If you're open, that's the prereq. Yeah. That's a really good prereq, like this curiosity thing. I think that just, that, that, that word's been coming up a lot, just like in my world a lot lately. If I just appreciate and enjoy people who are curious because it, you, you have to, take some of your presuppositions down. You have to take some of, your, some of your walls down to open yourself to grow into that. And that's, to me, I find I, I admire the vulnerability around that. It's, a, it's kind of a scary thing to let yourself open yourself up to being like the, I don't know is like, I might be wrong. And we love being, I think everybody loves being right because it's safe to be right. It's yeah. the adoration and, that comes with it. And I try to be right as often as possible. <laughs> I really do, but I'm not. I, 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 I'm, I'm, while, while I say this all the time, my mind is like a steel trap filled with crap. 
but sometimes there's a lot of wrong crap in there as well. So I, I usually have no, if, if I have no clue, I'll say it. Cause I mean, it, it serves nobody's purpose for me to say, oh, it's because of blah, 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 and have it be just a load of horse shit. Yeah. It gets nowhere with anyone. It doesn't get you any closer to actually getting the right answer. No. At all. No. So long-term, it actually doesn't, and it, which again, the patience thing, like are you, and the curiosity thing, are you willing to be wrong for a second to actually get the real answer and do better long-term? And that's yeah. a, it's a real question we're asking. I, I mean, the people asking questions are asking a question for a reason. And if you're just going to give them bullshit, there's a, there's a scent to bullshit. Mm. And like someone's going to then, someone that is going to ask the same question to the next guy down the line who might actually know the answer. And then you've just proven that you're an idiot. That is really, that's a really good way of looking at it. You're going to get shown up eventually, like yes. one way or another. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I, do you, when I rewatch this thing and re-listen to this thing, <laughs> I'm just going to, I realize I'm a really terrible note taker when things are going down. Like, <laughs> I have like a couple things. There's like a couple words here. And I'm like, uh, maybe that might be a keyword that I'll remember. I just got to watch it in slow-mo and, and just like break down some of the quotes. But my friend, this has been, there's so many great little nuggets in all of this. I, I'm excited. I guess this is me rereading things. Like it's my version of rereading and rewatching what stuff. I'm just really excited to extract some more of these things. And I, I think so many people are going to find some great value and great lessons in all this. Um, anything else you want to share with people before we start like wrapping things up? I, it's a, so, so you've said a lot of really, really nice things about me over the course of this time. I just wanted to then take and share. I, I absolutely I kick myself like like we've gotten together for conversations here and there over the course of the last couple of years, and every time I come out of that, I think of like why don't I I touch bases with him more often, and I I don't know if it's because it, it, there's a fear somewhere in the back of my brain that if we did this on a crazy often often basis that like it just wouldn't be as good. Because ever we get together and it's like it feeds off. We talk about one thing that moves into this, that moves in the other thing. We go into this, we touch on twelve things, and we're all both sitting there with 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 shit eating grins on our face. <laughs> we had such a great time talking about life in general. Mm. Um, so I, 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 like I said, every every time we do this, I always feel so uplifted and so so buoyant um that that whatever i go into next that carries over so um i love these things like i said i i, I can't wait till i can go back and and watch the one you did with roger um uh because it's also a lot of these people i know too from our our yeah. shared past histories so uh I, I love what you're doing um i i love the positivity that you bring and the openness and that, because that that's such a, I mean, we talked about it, that's such a big thing is is to have the, the ears turned way up and the eyes and the heart so that when stuff comes out, like you can receive it. Um, so uh, I, 
you're going to get me emotional right now. I'm dead, not serious. <laughs> Touching on some feels right now. I, that was yeah. so kind of you for the record. I've come to learn that the magic doesn't like disappear when you see people more re- more frequently. I yeah. think, I think, I, I think I also, I think I also suffer from a little bit of that. I was talking to, so when I was with my friend, what I apologized to him, I was like, and this is, this is a chronic problem with me. Like when I get focused on something, everything else, like the lights fade to black. And I just like, this is where I'm going. And I think a lot of people happens the same thing. Like, yes. you, you know, when you get busy, I got business, whatever, like you're putting out fires all the time. Sometimes it's hard to just like, wait, like there was a lot of good that I need to make sure like I keep moving this along. And what I apologize for, I was like, sometimes I, sometimes what I, I didn't understand, and this is, start, this is really recent where I'm starting to come to some of this realization is that sometimes it's at the presence of like showing up or checking in, like, quick text and then that's been something i've struggled with forever because i get this tunnel vision and a lot of what your discussion today with like the trade-offs and understanding like this i guess i guess we'll call it balance but i I don't like the word balance so much even though like that's kind of what i'm describing i find it's like this harmony how much to make sure like you know like you and i can go out to coffee maybe it's once a month maybe it's every couple weeks you know if it's this is the most the frequent you and I have talked since the Albany days, like <laughs> it was probably three years or four years and we had lunch together yeah. and then it was coffee a couple, two, two years later. So I'm realizing the magic doesn't run out. If anything, it's almost like the writing thing. I'm always surprised now, like, wait, is, was that like, was that it? Or is like, there more, is there more magic behind this. And I think sometimes yeah. people get scared when you, when you, you strike so hot on something that's so great, such a great conversation. Yeah. Sometimes just checking in is just as much the magic, just yeah. as much as the love. And I really appreciate you saying that. Selfishly, this podcast puts me in a place where I just get to hear people's stories. So as you, when you talk about being a storyteller, I love listening to people's stories. If I don't care what it is, if you're passionate about it, I can listen for hours. Just, just keep talking and I'll yeah. be fine. I, I recently came to a realization where that is anchored to. My father used to read stories to us or he would make up stories at night before we go to bed and one of the things he would he would read um early on i think i remember him reading uh uh the hobbit and all the lord of the rings kind of trilogy so like stories and he was pretty he used to enrich things and i was big into ninja turtles so he also made up ninja turtle stories (laughs) for me like so like i love i do love storytelling i love movies i love that so you know I want to make sure, you know, you're, you're about to get some projects off the ground with that as whenever things loosen up a little bit. So I'm excited to see what comes of all this stuff because it's, I just love hearing, like every time I talk to you, it's like, he's got something cool going on. He's working on something. It's not just, I'm sitting idly on my hands and just letting life pass me by. It's yeah. Oh, you might not know what purpose is, but you're going somewhere and it's cool. Yeah. Oh, believe me. I have my time sitting on my ass, like on the couch, just binge watching old episodes of MTV's The Challenge. Um, I, <laughs> we knew sometimes you just shut the brain off a little bit. Yes. Apparently, yes. apparently there's a show I got to watch and my buddy was telling me, he's like, if you want to just really shut your brain off or maybe feel a little like... I think it's like shut your brain off is kind of what he was implying. It's like it's called 90 Day Fiance. I I don't know if I, he could describe some of the premise to me. 
I'm gonna have to check it out just to just to see what's going on. He says it's wild, man. I don't know if you've seen it either, but I, I've seen an episode or two. Like like I said, the the only reality TV show. I mean, outside of the Curse of Oak Island, which is, <laughs> I I don't know why I watched it. I really don't. It's just a waste of time every week for an hour. But I can't not watch it. Um, but uh, it. Yeah, that that and like I said, the the challenge on MTV, which is is my absolute favorite television show. I wow. cannot get enough of that. Wow, I'm gonna have to check that out. And you're giving me all these things. I was gonna just, just between that and my books, I'm gonna be yeah. all kinds of all kinds of busy. Well, the, uh, the, in case you don't know, the challenge is it's a reality show on MTV that originally was Real World versus Road Rules. Uh-huh. And it's a competition show where they take a bunch of young kids, they give them food, they fly them to great places, they occasionally give them alcohol, and then they give them a a competition and the fireworks fly. It's people making bad decisions and and screwing things up. It's, It's, I cannot get enough of it. Perhaps it's gonna inspire a show or a, uh, a movie, a, a short film. I, I, there, some of those things that I've picked up from that will appear. I mean, there, there will be Easter eggs if you know where to look on, like on whatever projects I end up doing. So I love that. I love the Easter egg concept, and most people don't even know what that is. Like just hidden little gems. It's like, yeah, funny, silly things about like that. Just the artist only knows, or only a couple. It's like the inside secret. I love that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Same here. Uh, Speaking of all this, like, I'm going to assume some people are going to be pretty inspired by some of the things you're saying, and especially like you have these projects. How could somebody get in touch with you, support you with any of your endeavors? Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big social media guy. So like, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on uh, Twitter, uh, but I am on Facebook. So uh, uh, Patrick Regan, and then I do have a, a, uh, a, a small Facebook page, which I don't update nearly often. I'm hoping that once things start rolling again, I will um, for the movie project, which is called The Time Is Now, which is a theme for a lot of things. Um, no better time than, than the present. So The Time Is Now, that's the name of the movie. So eventually um, my, my plan is when uh, we start getting production rolling on that. I'll probably do crowdfunding and then do posts about the actually moving ma- making process um, and then just see where it goes. I love it. I'm excited. I am like, I'm coming to the opening night. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reserving my spot. I've decided okay. this. We're, 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 we're a couple of years away from that, but but. That's good. Definitely. This is called accountability. Yes. This is accountability, yes. my friend. I, I want. And that's the that's the reason why you talk about it. That's the reason why you share your wall calendar. That's the re- it's accountability. So that eventually, when someone says, "Hey, Caleb, where are you with fill in the blank?" Mm-hmm. You'll hopefully have an answer. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? Yeah, yeah. I I I just say I of all the people who's like really upset about the movies right now, my distinct pleasure on this planet is to go to the movies but specifically i also love to go to the movies alone 
there's something really freeing about it. I don't know why. There you go. I'm not going to go see your movie alone. I'm going to go with all of my friends. We're going to like, <laughs> bring the whole crew. Well, it's hopefully the, the theater scene is re-booming whenever all these things get to a certain yeah. place. But I'm excited to see that that project come to life, especially after you've shared like the concept. I, they, I like anything that's telling me a story that's going to teach me something. And I think that's got, I think that's what you got in store with that. Hopefully, hopefully. My friend, thank you so, so, so much for coming on today. You know, here we are a couple hours later-ish around there. Yeah. And um, I'm, so, I'm really genuinely looking forward to, to looking back through this and taking some great stuff out. And I, I'm excited for some people to just get some value out of it. And selfishly, just glad I had another opportunity to just talk with you. So Same here. I, it was absolutely, it was my pleasure. I love this. Thank you so much, my friend. Tell everybody, uh, share this follow it, subscribe it, whatever. Go check out The Time Is Now on Facebook and uh, come back next week for another little awesome episode. Um, until next time, much love. <laughs>